0: Isaiah chapter 63, verses one through six. Who is this who comes from Edom in crimsoned garments from Basra? He who is splendid in his apparel, marching in the greatness of his strength. It is I speaking in righteousness, mighty to save. Why is your apparel red and your garments like his who treads in the winepress? I have trodden the winepress alone. And from the peoples, no one was with me. I trod them in my anger and trampled them in my wrath. Their lifeblood spattered on my garments and stained all my apparel. For the day of vengeance was in my heart. My year of redemption had come. I looked, but there was no one to help. I was appalled, but there was no one to uphold. So my own arm brought me salvation. My wrath upheld me. I trampled down the peoples in my anger. I made them drunk in my wrath and I poured out their lifeblood on the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, Bean. we Ooh, uh, What a turn. We've taken a left turn out of, you know, the you will be called a, a people sought after a city not forsaken uh, in 62 yesterday to these six verses are all about God's wrath. And... Yep that's not necessarily something that we're comfortable with mm-hmm. but you know Isaiah he he purposefully places in in tomorrow like the heading for tomorrow's reading is the lord's mercy remembered mm. and so there's this hint that we're we're headed back into those those pleasant pastures but you know i think it's super important that we're here and Isaiah puts us here because god's love and his wrath are inseparable that's right and you know if you have a god of love and not a God of wrath, you don't actually have a God of love. You just have a nice God. And, you know, a a nice God is not as good as a loving God. Mm -hmm. So, so this is important. And the Lord has things to teach us here, uh, albeit uncomfortable to our, our, you know, sort of Western minds. And so we have this image. I kind of think of like a car mechanic because, you know, the wine press, um, we don't like, like, I don't know anyone at the church who like makes wine, who like, treads wine for a living um but you know i think of like a job like a car mechanic or something where uh you you come home from work and you have like oil and you know mm-hmm. exhaust fumes and like whatever all over you or uh you know maybe like a walking dead character uh, <laughs> who's been slaying zombies all day and uh looks like they've been slaying zombies all day And that is how God is portrayed here, and and, you know Isaiah uses the image of somebody who's been stomping grapes all day and is covered in grape juice, Mm -hmm. except that it's lifeblood, right? So, uh, a purposefully chilling and shocking image. So let's get into it. What 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 do you make of this passage and what we can
1: learn? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, if we remember, you know, sixty-one and sixty-two, we see this. This glorious picture of the work of the Lord establishing this perfect and glorious kingdom of peace where the holy people of God, all the nations like you and me, Will, were gathered to, their, to the bridegroom, the Messiah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. We know this to be Jesus. Uh, and and it's, it's sort of captured in this wedding imagery, right? This wedding day. Um, but then now we see kind of really how this kingdom, this perfect kingdom is ultimately and finally accomplished uh, in full. And so this is that day of vengeance that we see back in 61, Mm -hmm. uh, that's announced it's, it's happening. It's happening right here. And the bridegroom has come. And, you know, I think this is pointing to this, this judgment day, the second coming perhaps of the Messiah. Um, but the bridegroom, he shows up and, you know, he's looking for his people. Where are his people? This holy people, people of righteousness. You look Mm -hmm. at verse five and it says, there's no one, (laughs) Yeah, there's no one to help there's no one uh, to uphold, which kind of reminds me of Romans 3. Romans 3 tells us that there's no one, there's none that are righteous. No, not one. Nobody understands. Like No one seeks after God. No one's worthy. And so, you know, there's this picture of, of the Lord coming and looking for the people. And it says, no one's there. However, we look back at the chapters before and there is a people. There's mm-hmm. a holy people. You know, as chapter 62, it talks about being, you know, we're going to be purchased by this Messiah who is pierced for our transgressions. Isaiah 53, crushed for our iniquities. So there is a people uh, that the Lord has accomplished a great salvation for. Um, mm-hmm. And, but, you know, like you said, we can't recount the mercy of the Lord. We can't recount of his steadfast love if we don't first get here to the fact that there needs to be uh, judgment.
0: Yeah. Wine is an interesting symbol in the Old Testament, Because here, it's a symbol of wrath, uh, of blood, of Mm -hmm. of a curse, of death. And, uh, you know, a really striking passage is uh, in Jeremiah 25. It's the cup of the Lord's wrath. The Lord says, Take from my hand this cup of the wine of wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. They will drink and stagger and be crazed because of the sword Mm -hmm. that I'm sending among them. So... Wine is this powerful image of, and, and you know, you think about like seeing just somebody sloppy drunk and like staggering, mm-hmm. and and, um, and it, it's harmful. It brings death, and, and God uses that image to symbolize His wrath. But we also see, you know, you've given wine to gladden the hearts of men, and and, and we see wine, you know, all throughout the the prophets as a symbol of abundance uh, of the feast of the Lord of, right. of the new world. And so it's really interesting. And then we come to Jesus in the New Testament and he his one of his final prayers, really interesting. He asked the Lord to let this cup, Lord, if, if you see fit, let this cup pass from me. Mm-hmm. And I really firmly believe that he is he's referring directly to the cup of wrath, the cup of staggering, the the wine of wrath that that we see here in Isaiah sixty three, that we see in Jeremiah twenty five, and right before he prays that he gives his his disciples a new cup, mm. and it's the cup of his blood, it, it's his atonement and yep. his his forgiveness, it's communion with God, and it's so important. That churches like Christ's Covenant, you know, every week on Sunday throughout the world, Christians are breaking bread and drinking wine mm-hmm. together yeah. to remember the cup of joy, the and peace that has been offered to them, and so it's an interesting image. And you know, I think Isaiah sixty three. This is important for a couple of reasons. First of all, we see the wrath of God, and in the light of the gospel, this staggering and shocking wrath that we see this is what christ bears right this is what he takes upon himself and the reason that understanding god's wrath and that these challenging passages are important is because i mean hallelujah for the cross like this is this is what has passed from us yep and then it also adds urgency to shouldn't we want everyone to take the cup from Christ's hand,
1: yes, absolutely. You know,
0: like shouldn't we want all of our friends? Shouldn't we want the nations to inherit the cup of joy and not this cup of wrath? Yeah, and because this is the this is the cost of, of rebelling against God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's it's heavy, and yet God has made a way. God has crossed the separation to to redeem a people for Himself and to create a city that will not be forsaken of a people who will be called sought after. And, um, you know, this is, this is why you are a missions pastor, you know, and it's, it's important. And so, yeah, what are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah. I mean, I really, I'm, I'm just thinking back on Isaiah 62, right? You, you, you know, at the end of that chapter, it talks about, um, you know, God tells, uh, Jerusalem, like, this new Jerusalem, go through, go through the gates and prepare the way, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, clear it of stones, basically prepare the way for the nations uh, Mm. to come in. And how, how does this Jerusalem prepare the way? Well, this Jerusalem is, is a new Jerusalem. It requires someone uh, to actually do the rescue and the rescue is the rescue work is done by this Messiah that mm. we've been talking about. And the Messiah is the one who prepares the way and he does it through this work on the cross. Yeah. He does this by being crushed in our place, taking our transgressions, mm. absorbing the full wrath of God upon himself. Yeah. And so now that we're in Christ, you and me, and we've put our faith and trust in who he is and what he's accomplished for us, we can go to the nations in hope. Mm. We can go knowing that we're sort of uh, we're, we're used of God to prepare the way, Yeah. prepare the way to the city yeah. to welcome the peoples into the kingdom of God. It's a glorious privilege. Yeah, It's amazing.
0: You know, one thing that D's that is so good. Like the, the whole prepare the way language, like that, yeah. that's powerful. That like makes me want to like stop recording right now and like go, <laughs> go to downtown Atlanta and start Let's preparing prepare the, prepare way. the way. Come Let's on. It. It, it's, it's so powerful. And, you know, just another word to this wrath, like D's ha- has said this a few times from the pulpit and it is, it is really like disciple me and help me not only be okay with, but actually have a sense of gratitude, like deep hmm. gratitude for this type of passage. You know, a lot of the reason that we are so resistant that like Will Carlisle has spent so much of his life being resistant to a passage like this is because frankly, I've never been oppressed. Mm. And so I don't really have like beef with anybody, you know, and it's easy to like, feel like this is just unnecessary and gruesome and problematic. But, you know, that, that is really just coming from a deep, a deep sense of privilege. But like, imagine this passage that there's a God of vengeance who is coming to a make right of wrongs Mm. to make all sad things come untrue. Like imagine these sorts of words in the ears of like an 18th century American slave or, or, you know, of, of family in, in Ukraine that is, you know, being completely wrongly, you know, torn apart by the uh, war with Russia and, you know, when you, when you put yourself and that's like the type of people that are hearing this prophecy. And so it's just a good heart check of like, you know, maybe I'm the problem in in, in this passage, like maybe God's not the problem. Like maybe for the vast majority of people in the world, you know, it's good news that there's a God coming and that he is allowing people to reconcile themselves to him. By the sacrifice that He has made for them, yeah. and yet if they refuse it, there is wrath. Yeah, and that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know that's good. Like yeah. that for for Hitler and Pharaoh and Joseph Stalin and you know and people who were just absolutely abusing slaves and for all these people like who hardened their heart against God or even used God. Uh, the name of God and the word of God to oppress other people, there's wrath for them Mm. because they refused to humble themselves before him. Yeah, And so it's like, it's amazing. It's been a good practice for me to read passages like this and not just immediately like close my Bible or go over to like, you know, Matthew five, but to read this and be like, no, like there are consequences for actions and yet God is a God of mercy. And he, he would first come and drink the cup of wrath himself mm. so that he can make a way and then those people who come into the way you know were're given a shovel and a hammer and told go prepare the way for the nations to come in and, and like this is good you know this is so good so
1: yeah yeah I mean this part of what uh you know D has been talking a little bit about this already not yet reality that we that we kind of live in this space this in between time that we as christians live in where um you know the lord has come he's accomplished um you know our salvation in mm-hmm. part um but we're looking forward to this day that you know this passage speaks about where all of the wrongs will be um will be righted and mm-hmm. where all oppression will be undone mm. but the cool thing about it is we can participate in that work, yeah now yeah as we go to the nations, we're the Lord's ambassadors. We get to proclaim this good news to the poor, this good news to the oppressed. We get to preach about a Jesus Amen. who he himself um, became oppressed Amen. Um, to 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 set the captives free. He became poor. he he became all of the things um, so that you know people can have this future hope. Of salvation, where all of that will be left undone, and that's a sufficient gospel for the whole world,
0: yeah, you know my parents growing up uh just like the most amazing people and and they would host these college lunches like all the time, where after church like the college ministry would like flood our house, and my mm. mom would like just make gobs and gobs of food and and um it it was awesome and and the and that was like only one of the thing, like my parents would just always were bringing people into our home, being very hospitable. And, you know, to bring people into the home, like they would go and prepare the house. Like mm. my dad did not want a bunch of people coming and seeing a yard that had a bunch of leaves on it. Like,
1: right. right. Like they, yeah, some dignity. They, they were, were preparing, preparing it. in a way.
0: But what was awesome is like they invited me, you know, like I would like, and you know, I'm I'm sure like I did like nothing compared to <laughs> what they did to prepare the house, but like they would give me tasks and I would be right. part of. And so then when these people would come into our home, like I had this sense of participation mm. in the hospitality and, and I had this like sense of participation in the ministry that like now I'm just now beginning to see and be grateful for. And this is what the Lord has done. Like he has done the majority of the work. He He's yes. making the food. Yes. He mowed the grass, but like, he's giving all of us a a rake and he's giving all of us a a broom to start preparing the way for people to come in. That's beautiful. Like we're not just sitting in our room playing video games, but, but, or at least we shouldn't be. We are, we are given a task in this amazing process. So let's be faithful in doing it. Amen, brother. Yeah. All right. Well, a great word from Isaiah 63 and we're going to continue into God's mercy tomorrow for Billy Bean. This is Will Carlisle and we'll see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm.